Throwback Thursday on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. We're going all Snoop Dogg today. All these Snoop Corona commercials got me drinking a Corona and thinking, you know what? On Throwback Thursday, we're going to go all Snoop tonight. And that's what we're doing. That's right, Snoopaloop. Coming up here on the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN in just a matter of moments, the hit king Pete Rose is going to be here. I should be saying Hall of Famer Pete Rose, but I'll get to that in a second. But very brief story here real quick. So, Jesse, in the early, early days of my broadcasting career, I'm a young kid. I'm pretty fresh out of school. I'm working in a radio station in Miami, and, um, and I get a call from a national radio network, and they said, hey, um, we need a young guy who could fill in and work with Pete Rose. Pete does a radio show from his restaurant in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca, darling, okay? So they said, hey, you got anybody? And they said, yeah, we got this kid, Kaplan. He could go up there and work with Pete. So I, I, I go, oh, my God, honor of my lifetime. I'm 26 years old. I'm going to have a chance to work with Pete Rose. Are you kidding me? So I, I go to Pete Rose's restaurant. It's called Pete Rose's. It was right down the road from Wilt Chamberlain's. True story. And I walk into Pete's place, and I walk into the radio studio, and I introduce myself, and I say, Mr. Rose, how are you? I'm Scott Kaplan. I'm really looking forward to looking, you know, to working with you. And anything I can do, just tell me. I'm, I'm just a young kid, and I'm, I'm, I'm respectful to Pete Rose. And I'm sitting there in the studio with Pete, and we're about 20 minutes from going on the air, and Pete has a box of baseballs, and he's signing the baseballs. He's just signing ball after ball, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, Pete Rose. But he wasn't just signing his name. He was signing Pete Rose, and then the numbers 4256, 4256. Pete Rose, 4256, Pete Rose, 4256. So I said to him like a schmuck, like a complete idiot, man. I said, so, uh, Pete, I go, um... What do you like? Uh, like you, you number every ball or something, you know? And he looked at me, and he looked at the ball, and he said, "Forty-two fifty-six, you idiot! That's the number of hits the Hit King has." And man, did I feel stupid! But it must have made an impression on Pete Rose because here he is, all these years later, on Scott Kaplan on seven ten ESPN. Hi, Pete. Welcome back. Well, Cap, Cap, one thing, I didn't call you no idiot. Don't tell, don't even tell people I called you an idiot. <laughs> you know what I was doing, Cap? I was signing the balls because we had a gift shop, and, and I did the show from 6 to 8 every day. Then at 8 o'clock, I got off the air and went straight to the gift shop and signed autographs for all the people that wanted autographs from the gift shop that were in the restaurant. And we did that five nights a week, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a did lot you of work fun. With Hank Goldberg. I did. I did. Hank Goldberg was one of my early mentors in my career. Absolutely. Hank I love Hank Goldberg. In that South Florida area, but uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, because the restaurant was, as you know, the the studio was kind of built up, and everybody in the restaurant could see and hear the show. And I used to get great guests. I used to really do well with the college coaches because they wanted to use it for recruiting. The hardest people to get were baseball players, and why? Because uh, from six to eight, they're they're either at the ballpark doing batting practice or getting ready for the game. So it was hard to get baseball players, but it was easy to get football coaches and football players and and basketball people, and and there was a lot of sports. you know, people in South Florida at that time. Well, it was a great restaurant, and it was it was the early days of sports radio. So building a studio into a restaurant was, was a novelty at the time. We're talking to Pete Rose here on Scott Kaplan on 710. Pete, the reason I called is this. I uh, read this story today that Wrigley Field in Chicago will soon have a live sports gambling venue 
in a partnership now between the Cubs and a company called DraftKings. And most sports fans will know DraftKings as a daily yeah, fantasy sports absolutely. site. Okay. Yeah. So, Pete, explain to me the emotion when you have admitted you've gambled on baseball, you, you've tried to make amends, the fans clamor to get you into the Hall of Fame, and they won't let you in over gambling, and yet now baseball is getting in bed with a gambling company on site. So, Pete, what do you think about this? Well, let me, let me explain something to you. They're, they're just not, uh, not going to ever give me a chance, and I, lear- and I learned to live with that, okay? I remember, uh, you probably, I don't know if you remember this, before, not this past season, but before last season, okay, every day there's 30 managers in baseball, and you knew something like this was going to happen because the 30 managers in baseball had – they had to email baseball their starting lineup 15 minutes for the game, and they emailed it to MGM uh, uh, M- MGM properties in Las Vegas. Now, now, what about that? I mean, what does that tell you? That baseball managers had to email their lineup to baseball, who turns around and emails it to MGM properties in Las Vegas. Now, if that don't tell you they're in bed with gamblers, what what the hell does? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, you just, you just have to live with it because uh, cap. It's all about making money. You know they're they're paying these players so damn much money nowadays, and God bless them if they get it. That they have to find they have to find other ways to make money, and right now they got to because there's nobody going through the turnstiles. They're not getting any emissions on a daily basis, and that's hurting a lot of teams. You know, you, you have 30, 35 people go to a game every day, and all of a sudden you miss that every game. Someone's going to someone's gonna miss out somewhere, so they have to try to create more money. And whether they like it or not, and, and I know they're, they're totally against gambling, uh, but they're not totally against gambling because gambling is the way to go if you want to make money today in sports. Pete Rose, I mean, the hit king, is with us. I live nine-tenths of a mile from the new Oakland uh, Raiders Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a place inside the stadium. This is football, though. though. Where you can bet on the games, you can bet at halftime on the games. Inside the stadium, they got windows where you can bet. So, now, Pete, that, but that's, that's, that's the trend. I mean, that, that is what's going to happen. Think about this, Pete. You've got Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys. You've yeah. got Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. You've got Michael Jordan, the owner of the, the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, all who are people that are involved with these sorts of companies. So on one hand, the league says you can't gamble and gambling's illegal. And if you're caught gambling, you know, you're, you're, you're ostracized from our game. But on the other hand, the owners can be part of investors in owners of these fantasy sports sites. And now this is where the hypocrisy really comes in. It'd be one thing if it was only baseball or if it was only football or if you said hockey's in Vegas and, and football's in Vegas. But, but when the Chicago Cubs, when, when one of the most historic baseball parks in America in a game that, that, that loves to celebrate its history, they are going with the trend and at Wrigley Field there, there will be gambling. That, that's the, yeah. the, the epitome of hypocrisy, Pete. Well, we, but we have to we have to also tell your fans that uh, you know, way back when, 18, uh, 1989, I broke the rules. And that's why I was suspended, because I broke the rules and I was wrong. 
but there again, enough is enough. That was 1989. We're at 2020 now, and they just they just won't uh, they won't. It's not that I'm not in the Hall of Fame, okay? It's the fact that I'm not allowed to be on the list to be voted for the Hall of Fame. I've never been on the list. You know, they have a list of players every year that people vote on, and you if you go to the Hall of Fame, you get 75 percent of the vote. I've never been able to be on that list that comes out every year. Which, uh, you know, put me on the list and see if the uh, writers that vote me in. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt baseball. I'm not going to kill baseball. I didn't. Did I affect baseball as far as you're concerned by me betting on my own team to win? I don't I, think so. I wouldn't think so. I was wrong. I mean, well, I that would be I, that would be like saying to me that would be like saying to me, hey, do you like baseball less? Because Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa pumped their bodies with steroids and hit a hundred home runs, do you do you dislike baseball? Because I say no, actually the opposite. I want them to pump as many steroids into their body as they can, and I want to see them hit as many home runs as they can. I don't care. I mean, they didn't well, hurt my that, love for the game. That, that that's a good point too. But don't don't ever try to tell me, okay, that baseball didn't know something was going on when McGuire and Sosa had that home run derby. Because they wanted home runs to come, because they wanted to bring the people back to the ballpark, and home runs did that. You know, there was a period of time for from '72 until that time, which was, was that '99, I believe. Yeah, ninety. Yes, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Yes, I think it was ninety-eight. Oh, no one in no one in, in, in National League hit over fifty. George Foster hit fifty-two home runs in '77, and no one hit fifty home runs or more. From that time until McGuire and Sosha both did it that year, and I think they both hit over sixty. That's right. So when does the red light go off for the world of baseball? They knew what was going on, but they didn't want to stop it because it made the guys stronger, it made them hit more home runs, and it brought people back to the ballpark. Hey, if you want to know the truth, Sammy and, and McGuire saved baseball right. by having that home run derby. They really mm-hmm. did, but but there again, they were both juiced up. I mean, you know how you think. How do you think guys that had the home run records feel, you know, when you know guys are cheating and beating your record? I didn't worry about it because my record is base hits. So if anybody ever gets 42-57, you know, I won't be alive, but I would have a lot to say about that if I knew they cheated. And I don't know what they did. I don't I don't really care what they did. You know, all I know is they, they did a lot of good things for baseball when they had that home run derby because they got a lot of people watching on TV and a lot of people coming back to the ballpark, and that was what baseball needed at that time. This is so interesting. We're talking to Pete Rose here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN in L.A. Pete, as you and I are talking, I've got a television on in my studio. The Clippers are uh-huh. leading the Nuggets 106-82, to 82, okay? And as I looked over to watch part of the game, I noticed that there's advertising on the end of the NBA floor, Pete. And sure. one of the ads was either DraftKings or FanDuel. I don't know which it was. Um, but one of these daily gambling sites was just seen visible on an NBA game. And I don't know why. Maybe it's been there forever. And I just, just for some reason just noticed it. But isn't that interesting? All well, these leagues the that are so anti-gambling, every locker room I walk into, Pete, there's a big sign, no gambling. And yeah. all of this gambling, which we all know is the lifeblood of sports. I mean, this is where money is is transacted. 
Um, everybody's advertising for gambling-related stuff through sports. Well, we, we, we got 30 teams in baseball, Cap, okay? And I don't know how many of the ballparks, almost all of them, have casino signs inside the stadium. That's right. Because casinos are paying uh, advertising for the ball clubs. You know, if you watch the Yankee Stadium, you, you either see Mohegan Sun or Foxwoods come up going back and forth behind home plate during the mm-hmm, games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. And, it, and Cincinnati's got a gambling sign in it. I, I think there's like 22 or 24 baseball ballparks have gambling casino signs inside the ballpark. And that's because they're paying bills. That's why they do it. They let them, because they, they, they cost these guys a lot of money to put them signs in there, and they're willing to pay it because there's a lot of people going to the ball games. All about watch. money, man. Yeah, it's all about I, money. I understand. We're talking to Charlie Hustle tonight. Pete Rose on Scott Kaplan on seven ten ESPN. The the reason for the call tonight to Pete Rose was because it just blew my mind that here's one of the greatest ball players, and I know this debate has been going on in our country for the better part of thirty plus years. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, but when you see a legendary franchise like the Cubs in an all time historic ballpark like Wrigley do a deal with a company like DraftKings, not that there's a problem with DraftKings, it's just that they're a gambling company, and they're going to put a sports book in Wrigley Field. If Major League Baseball has warmed up to gambling, then why doesn't Major League Baseball open up the voting to put Pete Rose on the ballot to get him into the Hall of Fame? I mean, Pete, is this not a time where you or your people or your supporters make noise about this? Well, you can make all the noise you want, but you got to make noise to one person, and that's Rob Manford. He is the boss. He's the one that calls the shots. If he wanted to give me a chance, he could, okay? And I understand he's in a tough situation. Uh, he's in a tough situation now with this virus. And, you know, the playoffs, uh, there's going to be more teams in the playoffs than ever before. You got to let me tell you something. I think you'll agree with this. If you don't make the playoffs in baseball this year, you got to be a bad team. <laughs> you got to be a bad team if you don't make the playoffs this year, because there's going to be several teams make the playoffs and they're going to be 500. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going to be 500. I was watching the Reds game yesterday, and they were talking about, well, the Reds got to go 15 and 10 to end up 500, and if they end up 500, they'll probably make the playoffs. Then they got beat sixteen to two. Then the guy said, "Well, now they got to go sixteen to nine. So <laughs> it's going to get tougher and tougher because there's there's just so many bad teams in baseball. There's such bad pitching in baseball. You know, if you if you follow baseball, which I do, I watch two games every day. Okay, most of the runs scored in baseball are scored in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. Why? Because teams don't have good middle relief pitching. What is a middle relief pitcher? A middle relief pitcher is someone that's not good enough to start and he's short in hell not good enough to close. But he's got to be on the staff. Okay? How many pitchers are going nine innings today? None. None. They don't even expect to. They got the, the pitch counter out. You get up to 100 pitches, oh, you must be tired. Let's get you out of here. And a lot of these guys nowadays, the third or fourth inning, they already got 70, 75 pitches thrown. So, you know, they're not going to have a complete game. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, I'm used to guys like Koufax and Drysdale and Gibson and Marischal and, 
guys pitching complete games and, and, and throwing less than 100 pitches. And if they threw 130 pitches, big deal. Big deal. They're not worried about getting a sore arm. You know, these guys make so darn much money. God bless them. But all the owners are scared of the money that the players make because they don't want them to come up with a bad elbow. And you just signed a guy for $15 million for 10 years, and now he can't throw a ball and he's done. you got to pay him. Because I never met a baseball player who had a contract that wasn't guaranteed. It's not like football. They sign in big contracts, but they don't guarantee them. Baseball contracts are guaranteed. If you sign a $300 million contract, and you're disabled the first year and can't play anymore, you're going to get the $300 million. That's just the way baseball is constructed. Well, I think that's why, that's why there was so much talk, Pete, before the season resumed uh, with players saying, you know, I signed a contract. I've got a guaranteed contract. I expect to be paid at least a prorated version, but if I'm making $30 bucks and we're going to play off the season, then I expect to be getting paid $15 million. And that's where that whole fight, you know, it's funny you mentioned Rob Manfred and how he's the person that's in control about whether or not you ever get an opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame. Because Manfred has screwed up, or so it seems, so much of what happened months ago. Look, now that the game is being played, and and you know we're looking at the Dodgers as a team that hasn't lost a series, is hitting more home runs. I mean, we're, we get wrapped up into the game. We forget about what a disaster it was before they started playing. Pete Rose, let me ask you this. Have you spoken to Rob Manfred? Have you been in the same room with him? Do you have lawyers that try no, and communicate I, with Major I, League I, Baseball? I, I met with him last year, and mm-hmm. uh, after that meeting, he turned me down, and, uh, you know... Uh, I didn't expect anything good, and I like Rod Manford. I think it's a tough job being a commissioner in any sport, and we make it tough. We as players make it tough on commissioners. Uh, but there again, it, it, it comes a time when you just say to yourself, am I being fair to someone, or am I being unfair to someone? Has he, has he showed remorse? Okay, and I've done all those things. And I'm going to tell you right now, and you'll think I'm crazy when I say this, and your fans will too. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the biggest baseball fan in the world and i sell the game of baseball every day that i that i go to work and i talk i never talk bad about the game of baseball i love the game and i want i want the game to succeed i have a lot of friends playing the game of baseball i talk to a lot of players on a daily basis about hitting and getting out of slumps and stuff like that you don't you don't call the guys doing well they don't need a pat on the back it's the guys that aren't doing well that needs pats on the back. And I give them out every day just trying to make the game of baseball a better game. I'm doing the same thing now as when I played. I played my ass off because I understood how important fans are. And nowadays there's no fans, so it's even more important for the players to put all out. Okay, because you're representing a team, you're representing teammates, and you're representing the city. I didn't have rows across the front of my uniform. I had Reds. I had Phillies. I had Expos. You play for a team, and that's the name of the game. Pete Rose this evening on 710 ESPN. This is Scott Kaplan. And, Pete, it is great to talk to you. I would say this, that um, that if, if I were handling the PR for Pete Rose, I was handling PR for PR, I would be saying right now, if baseball is warming up to gambling, then baseball should get over its hang-up about Pete Rose, and now is the time to strike. Because let me tell you something. I looked it up. I, 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 I didn't realize, Pete, check me on this. I didn't realize you were pushing 80 years old. You'll have to excuse me. I didn't realize yeah. it. I mean, we, this has well, to be done while you're here, man. 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> Can you well, feel me? Well, do you know something I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're only as old as you feel. And, and, and baseball inspires me. You know, I watch, like I say, I start watching games at 3.30, quarter to 4 every day here in Vegas. And I'll watch the last game. It starts at 7. It's usually uh, the Angels or the Dodgers or, or, or San Diego. And there's some teams like the, the White Sox are having a good year. San Diego's having a good year. You know, there's some teams out there, and there's some bad teams. The Reds, I mean, my Reds, they're 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 leading the league and the lowest batting average in in the league. I mean, with all those good players, and, and you see what's happening with the Reds. If we got a moment, what what you what you need as a baseball team is you need your star players to perform. Okay, and right now, and I'm not blaming these two guys because they're good friends of mine and they're good players. But Suarez and Joey Votto are hitting right about 190, 200. And when your three and four hitters aren't doing doodly squad, how's the team going to win? I I would say the same thing about the Angels. You know, you you look at the Angels, and you've got this great player, Mike Trout, and they've spent so much money on so many different guys, whether it's Otani or or, or Pujols or any of these guys that they've spent on, and they just haven't gotten the wins, and they haven't gotten the return. They can't get over the hump. That's, That's the only thing bad about Mike Trout. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. I think you and I would agree on that. Mm-hmm. But he's he's never been able to lead his team to the promised land. Usually great players, uh, and there's been some, like Ernie Banks, never make the Hall of Fame. But usually really good players lead their team into the playoffs, into the World Series. And Trout just can't get this. He's got this team on his shoulders, the poor guy. And he's really good, and he's good, and he's fun to watch, and he seems to be a great public relations-type guy. But he needs to get some help, and he needs to get some help to get that team to the playoffs. Because right? Mr. Marino will spend the money. Arnie, Arnie and Marino spends the money. But they don't spend it in the right area. Yeah, and it doesn't. It hasn't paid off. Managers. I mean, all, all that money. Sometimes you got to go to these general managers too, because that's the ones signing these players. Mike Trout's not signing the players. The general manager is. Okay. Pete, yeah, I do know. Hey, Pete, it is great to talk to you. I do got to run. Thank you so much right. for being available tonight. We will pick this conversation up next time. Pete, have a great night. Thank you so much. All right. Continue the good going. Okay, Pete, babe. Have a good night. All you right. got it, man. Pete Rose. Wow. That was cool. I mean, I could have kept going all night. Believe me. I mean, I could have kept on going and going and going. But, you know, it just got to this point where it's like, hey, we're up against it at this time. Pete Rose, cannot thank you enough for being available. That was awesome. I'm telling you right now, listen, it's not like one of these things that I, I, I make a big deal about. I don't even really care that much about Hall of Fame. I just like Pete Rose, always have. Um, you hang on to that lie as long as you have to. That's just the way it goes. See Lance Armstrong. You hang on to it until you need to write a book, okay? You hang on to the lie. Pete did. When he finally came out and, and was, was as honest as, as we, we all expected him, hey, look, when he told us he, he gambled on baseball, everybody wasn't like, no way, really? I, I was, I'm shocked. I had no idea. We'd be like, yeah, of course. That'd be like OJ coming out and going, okay, I did it. And we'd be like, yeah, we know. We got it. We've known forever. So when baseball warms up to gambling, why not warm up to Pete Rose? Hey, speaking of baseball, Vin Scully is coming to Twitter. Is that baseball? I'm not sure. Under 30 seconds to go. Clippers 118, Denver 97. Clippers about to take a 1-0 lead. Kevin Harlan calling this game right now on TNT will join us shortly. Don't go anywhere. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN.